Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to another episode on the After Maghrib podcast. Are you of the mentality of get rich die trying? Do you have excess money sitting in your bank? What are you doing with your money this Ramadan? Are you generous? Let's let's see what today we can discuss inshallah. But surprisingly, my co-host has disappeared. And I'm not sure if I have a new co-host today. Neil Nasser. Assalamu alaikum. Salam rahmatullah. <laughs> Welcome viewers to After Isha, the new version. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Now Ahmed Gokul is here next to us. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. How are you? Thanks for inviting This us. is a more befitting host, mashallah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Thank you so Same much. Habibi, salam alaikum. And of course, we are honored to be joined again by Sheikh Jafar Ladakh. Um, salam alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Lovely to have you on. My again. honor to be back on. Thank you so much. Not at all. I just want to respond to Sayyid's comment. Neil is hench, he's tongue. He's not, it's not that you can't see Ahmed. He's, he's big, but he's not that big. It's a bit out of order to say that. It's all right. No offense taken. No offense taken. Um, guys, it's, it's a pleasure to have you back uh, with us again. I hope your fast, uh, inshallah, are going well and you're taking advantage of this blessed month. Of course, it only comes around literally once a year. And, um, you know, this is the time where, as we know from our last week's episode, where we need to be trying to prosper spiritually. But today, inshallah, we are talking about prospering in a different sense, prospering through a cost of living crisis, which of course is the title of our dear Sheikh's newest book, which you can find online, online Sheikh. That's right. Uh, for those of you who are in the UK, it's available at House of Taha bookshop mm. and the rest of the world at Amazon. Ahsad, Ahsad Sheikh. So of course, we, we want to kind of get into this discussion. Haji Neil, of course, you, um, as many of us will know, are, are appearing on Ahlul Bay TV every day, um, doing the charity stuff. Um, can you tell us a bit about that to kind of yeah. kick us off? Yeah, sure. So uh, we're on every night throughout the first 15 days with the charity, The Hope Appeal. Yeah. Of course, tune in, subscribe and, and give as much as you possibly can. It's a charity that we set up to look at sustainable projects, to look at the ethos behind the quote, give a man a fish, you feed him for the day. If you teach him to fish, you'll feed him for life. Mm. We're taking it one step further. Yeah. We want to build, build factories of fishing rods. So the whole community can fish. It's about looking at sustain sustainability. It's about helping widows to set up their business. Mm. It's about getting orphans into education. But before that, you've got to build the schools. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So it's thinking that step further about lifting people up out of poverty in a sustainable way so they can provide for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a beautiful Except. kind of angle. And to be honest, Sheikh, with the context of your book, um, and with context of Shah Ramadan being the month of giving, um, a lot of us will talk about wealth and the redistribution of wealth in uh, perhaps the same light as charity and maybe may conflating the two. I know this is a big theme in, in, the, in the book and in your recent yes. discussions. How would you define the two? And do they play an intertwined role with each other? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So the Islamic economic system is reliant on redistribution of wealth and it calls upon charitable services to be able to fund the types of phenomenal projects that Neil and the whole Hope Appeal are trying to do and many other Islamic charitable services. But the fundamental principle is actually redistribution of wealth. And these two things are not the same. Charity is a donation. Mm. So there is a project that needs to be 
built, whatever it may be, you're building a new masjid, you're building the factories that you're talking about. There's been a terrible natural disaster in Turkey, for example. We need to be able to donate in that moment to support those projects. That's charitable services. But that's different to redistribution of wealth, which says that you earn a certain amount. There is a proportion of your wealth that actually belongs to another person. And that's the difference between the two. Right. And inshallah, as we develop the conversation, we'll try to, to dig deeper into that and how we can actually think about when we are supposed to do redistribution of wealth and when we're supposed to do charitable services. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. Mm, great. Mm. Thought-provoking already. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. Definitely. Oh, no. It really opens, you know, alhamdulillah, I've been honored to read the book and it really does open your eyes to, to the concepts. And, you know, you've taken... You've taken quotes from the Holy Quran, from a hadith, and really, you know, once you read the book, you get a sense of purpose about, yes, giving the one-off donation or sponsoring the orphan, but what is my duties to my brothers and sisters around us? What about building an Islamic community that are not poor? You know, people, our people are struggling, um, and people on our doorstep are struggling. Mm. But do we take the time to think about the neighbours close to us, or are we concentrating on the neighbours far away from us? This is a fundamental debate in charitable services. We've got poverty next door to us, but we've got a humanitarian crisis, for example, in Yemen. Mm. Do we give to the neighbour that is near or the neighbour that is far? These are discussions that we really need to wrangle with in our community. Mm. Inshallah, in my follow-up book, which is due at the end of the year, I'll go into depth on this. Hold that thought. Thanks. Inshallah. You know, Sheikh, if I can ask, you know, I I know Neil very well. Thank you. And I've seen the work that he does and and the impact that himself and the whole people and other Islamic charities that they do amazing work. And as Muslims, we can always like rely on them to help us give to those in need. Mm. But very interestingly, when I think about distributing wealth equally, how is it fundamental and essential and different from charity itself? Because for me, my mind right now is like saying they're both the same thing. They're both the same thing. But ultimately, I think they're completely separate from each other. Exactly. They're not. They're not. So as we defined earlier on, Mm. we said charity is a donation. It could Mm. be a one-off. It could be a monthly subscription. You say that there's an orphan, we give £10, we give £50 a month. These are blessed acts and they do support so many people around the world. But it's not the same as redistribution of wealth. As you know, no matter how many charitable one-off donations we give, we will not lift people out of poverty Mm. around the world. That will still remain because of inflation, because there is a system in place that makes certain people richer and richer Mm. and will keep a certain amount of people down. So giving that person here £50 in a month is not going to lift them out of poverty. Mm. Fundamental redistribution of wealth does that. Now, the Quran and Ahadith speak about this. I'll explain it in three very simple statements. The first is from the Holy Quran. Mm. In Surah Al-Hashr, chapter number 59 of the Quran, verse number 7. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the following Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Kay la yakuna doolatan bainal aghniyai minkum Wealth is not supposed to circulate amongst the rich mm. Wealth is not permitted in Islam to circulate amongst one class of people mm. Fundamental, ayah of the Quran Secondly, in Sahih al-Sajjadiyya Our fourth Imam Zain al-Abideen Salawatullahu salamuhu alayhi In dua number 30 says, Oh Allah, teach me excellent 
redistribution of wealth. Mm. Mm. So there is a statement yeah. that there is a specific issue of redistribution of wealth. Yeah. So now we ask again, how essential he is it? He mentions the exact words. words. Those are his words. Mm, yeah. Oh Allah, teach me excellent redistribution of wealth. That's in Sahifa. Mm. And as you know, Sahifa Sajjadi is Mu'tabar. You know, it is yeah. certain that this yeah. is from the Imam's yeah. blessed time. So the ayah says, wealth cannot remain amongst one class. Right. Hadith says, teach me distribution. Okay, so what is that distribution? Mm. Well, we'll come to that in a minute. But again, talking about the essential ideology of it. In Islam, redistribution of wealth is not perfunctory. It is not something that is done as an afterthought or as a sticker over a wound or gaping wound that doesn't really help. Ayatollah Shaheed Muhammad Hussein Beheshti mm. in his uh, works on Islamic economy explains it in this way. He says, in your um, circulatory systems, blood is supposed to be pumped around yeah. the entirety of your body to the right proportion that your organs need it, right. Mm -hmm. right? So you've got the brain, you've got the heart, you've got the liver, whatever is required, the blood pumps accordingly. What happens if there's a certain blockage to one of your organs or two of your organs? Has an effect on the whole body. The whole body fails. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He says, if you understand that blood is supposed to be distributed proportionately to every organ as per its needs, it's the same as wealth in society. Son. If there is a blockage to one community, to one area in the city, if this city has more wealth in this area and has less, Chelsea has this much, mm. but, you know, the uh, ends, uh, the ends yeah. Streatham, for example, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I used to live in Streatham, yep. we grew up in these places, Pick up you know, it, you, it has less, there is a fundamental problem. And the same way, the body will not be able to sustain itself because there's an ill distribution of blood mm. in the society there will be ill distribution and there will be poverty there will be crime it creates an imbalance yeah. it creates an imbalance yeah. that's how fundamental redistribution of wealth is that it's supposed to be proportionate mm. to the needs of civilization needs of society so as imam sajjad said teach me excellent distribution yeah. this is what this <clears throat> goes into inshallah do you know um it's it's obviously a huge thing and the theme throughout shah ramadan is is give 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 and i know neil of course mm. you're mashallah you've got so much experience in, on that side of seeing how charities work on the forefront mm. and also behind the scenes yeah. um but you know for a lot of people, I know you've done a lot of work with those who, who lack a home, unfortunately, within mm. our local communities. Yeah. And Sheikh, of course, your book focuses on that cost of living crisis. There are going to be people who are watching this, I presume, mm. who may be struggling. Yes. Now, struggling is a relative term. Mm -hmm. Struggle for one is is, is um, prospering for someone else, yep. you know, mm. living comfortably for someone else. I've never seen it that way. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, of you know, it's, it's, it's an incredible thing to think about when you put it that way. That's why we're, of course, like, shukr and gratefulness is such a big thing yeah, for us definitely. but um what advice would you have to someone who's right now really feeling the brunt of that cost of living crisis and mm. at the same time they've got the near they want to give something they this is these are the days to give you know yep. we're in the days of wafat bibi khadija alayha, right now and we're approaching wilad uh, imam hassan and mm. of course shahada tamir al-mu'mineen what would you say to people who've got that thing but have don't have the capability to give sure i mean First and foremost, giving is in so many ways. Sometimes we just think it's financial. But giving with these two hands that you have, or yeah. one hand, whatever you give, your time. So maybe you could approach a charitable organization. Maybe you're at a supermarket 
and you're going along along your high street and you see a homeless person. Mm. From my humble experience, that homeless person may not want the food. Yeah. When you sit down and spend a bit of time with them and talk to them and treat them like a human being, because that's what they are, that's fallen on bad times, that conversation can make their day. Mm. Yeah, you may have a couple of pounds to give them. It may be a few pence to give them. Whatever is in your remit, time is the biggest thing to give. Whether you contact a, a local charity or an yeah. organization and say, look, I work in my professional field as an administrator or whatever your field is, there's always a need for you to, to work. There's always some way for you to fit in. And you can make that near in Shah Ramadan, in this beautiful month, to kind of put yourself out there. Yeah. I'm going to dedicate an hour a week towards a local cause, a local charity. And it could be anything. Why not even just knock on the door of your neighbor mm. who may be struggling? You know, we've got elderly people in our communities and they could, they might not be Muslim. They may not be from our faith, but they are human beings. Mm -hmm. They're from the one race, which is the human race, mm. you know, and I'll give you a very humble example. And I'm not trying to boast or take ego. I often knock on my neighbor's door, Carol, help her with her shopping and mow her lawn for her. Hi, yeah. Carol. Hi, Carol. But Pick up Carol. Because she's, you know, in her 70s and, she, yeah, you know, with a bit of ice. You or have something you can give to her. Yeah, but we don't do it for that because it's yeah. just, it's it's just time, money. isn't it? Yeah. It's above money. But it's, it's, look, Shah Ramadan is about changing your mindset. It's about looking at what you can do. What can you take from this holy month? Mm. It's not about just about the fasting and the, the separation from water. It's more than that. It's about the reflection of self. It's about having conversations with God. But if you don't come out of this month as a changed person, then what are you putting into it? Mm. Mm. Deep. When, uh, Sheikh, when, when Neil mentioned that, he says not just about, for example, the money. Yeah. Um, is that what you mean when you say also alongside the monetary redistribution of wealth? Can wealth mean other than just monetary as well? Yeah, wealth is, is whatever is given from the heart. It's the smile that you give to that person is the see actually when we say redistribution from the islamic perspective we mean zakat zakat means to purify yeah whatever you give or whatever you have to purify it by giving it a portion of it away um zakat al-ilm ten shuru mm. yeah. to purify your ilm is to give away give it away a little bit and same with wealth but neil's point is, is is a wonderful way for me to emphasize the difference between um redistribution of wealth and charity right Neil mentioned the homeless person. If that person is homeless and you give that person 10 pounds or five pounds, or you go into the local Tesco's and you buy them a meal, that's charity. Does it lift them out, lift them out of wealth, out of poverty? No. no. It doesn't. No. Redistribution of wealth, genuine redistribution, lifts him out of poverty. Mm. But there's not, not done through charity. So of course, like Neil, for example, works with a charity that focuses on, on microfinance and long-term sustainability. In the Islamic economic system, no, it's not. Right. It's done through Bait al-Mal. Yeah. So Bait al-Mal is a centralized system that sees the problems of a society and says that these are the, the sins that are being done be because of this poverty, because of this issue. And it fundamentally mm. invests in people and breaks the chains that are upon them in order to lift them out. That's mm. the Islamic economic system that we're trying to get to. Mm. With respect, in my humble opinion, our Islamic and Shia Islamic 
charitable um, organizations, the vast majority of them follow a Western model, mm. which is simply to give charity, mm -hmm. to give donations. I'm not saying that's wrong. In fact, that's brilliant. It's phenomenal. It's so much baraka and reward in it, but it's not redistribution of wealth. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not fundamentally saying part of your wealth belongs to the homeless person. Mm -hmm. It's saying, oh, he's homeless. I'm going to give him 10 pounds as a one-off. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you see that that wealth that is in your pocket isn't yours, it's actually Allah's and he is an equal partner in it, it completely changes the game. Mm -hmm. And that's the redistribution of wealth that Islam calls for, mm -hmm. which inshallah the book goes into in a lot of detail we can talk about. But if people understand this principle mm -hmm. and actually grasp it, that's when they start to look inwards and say, am I going to redistribute my wealth my property, my, my, what belongs to me, or am I going to give a one-off donation to support someone in Shah Ramadan? Yeah. People do need one-off donations. There mm -hmm. are events where people need it. You need investments into projects like the Hope Appeals and many others, but don't conflate it with redistribution of wealth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. Shaykhna, let's say I, I earn, hypothetically, £10,000 a month. MashaAllah. I, I dream. Podcasts are doing well, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell by Hypothetically. What, am I doing this for free? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take it down. Let's say I earn £5,000 <laughs> That's still, what, double the average in the year. And let's say my expenses, there, they round up to, say, 3000 or three and a half, whatever it is. Yes. After all expenses being paid, yes. At the end of the year, let's just come to let's say I've paid off my home, yes, my zakat, yes. everything. Everything that I have left over is it technically still not mine? If I've mm. paid my zakat and homes, mm. does it really have to go to Beit Al-Man? I said. So here now we go into the 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 actual practical model of the system of redistribution of wealth in Islam. In Surah Al-Baqarah, mm. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has a verse of the Quran where He says, "Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim." Yes, Alunaka Mada Yunfiqun. Mm. They ask you, Ya Rasulullah, what should they spend? Mm. Not how much should they spend, what should they spend? Because Muslims, as you said, don't just give wealth, yeah. they give time, they give foodstuffs, they give horses, they give weapons at the time of the Prophet. What should we spend, Ya Rasulullah? Qul, tell them, Ya Rasulullah, Al-Afwa, mm. their surplus. Yeah. Whatever is surplus to their requirements, that is what they should spend on the Islamic causes like Neil has illustrated. Okay. okay. So this is where we go into the system. So let's take the figures that you were talking about, 5,000 and 3,000. Let's keep it at 5,000. Yeah, no, I'm happy with that. I, I respect that you suddenly pocketed 5,000 a month somewhere. I'm, I'm cool with it, bro. I'm cool with it. Same as our dad. I'm sorry. Yeah, mashallah, mashallah. Yeah. We have the same imam. Yeah, by, yeah. By us, huh? So you earn 5,000, which for some people they will be doing. Yeah. Yeah. MashaAllah. Your expenses are 3,000. Let's define expenses. Mm -hmm. You have your rent or your mortgage. You have your bills. You want to save up for ziyara. Mm. Someone wants to save up for marriage. Mm. Someone wants to go on holiday. All of these things which are legitimate expenses are counted within that. So you counted it as three, right? Yeah. 5,000 minus 3,000, simply 2,000 left over. Excess. That excess, that afwa is surplus it doesn't belong to you anymore. Mm. You imagine that it belongs to you and that you can do what you want with it. I want a new pair of kicks, I buy some shoes. I 
I want to go out to a banging restaurant, I go out to the shard. You start spending mm. on the dunya. You start spending on things that you don't need. You're looking for a reason to spend. Looking for a money. reason to yeah. spend on things that you don't need. That fi- now, if you, an expense comes up, yeah, no problem. It's an expense. Yeah. So now you have to pay five hundred pound to uh, change all four tires. Mm. That's an expense. It's mm. not from the surplus. Yeah. So now another five hundred pounds is taken off. It's no longer two thousand pound left. Fifteen hundred pound at the end of the month. Whatever. It could be £50 at the end of the month. It could be £10,000 at the end of the month. The figure isn't important. Mm. Following the prescriptions of Islam is important. Mm. So now this surplus figure that is no longer your requirement is the right of someone else. Now, you might say, that's a bit heavy. Where are you getting that from? As I said, the verse says, Al-Afwa. Your surplus belongs to someone else. Now, you want to know who said this? Not Jafar Ladakh. <laughs> Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib Salawatullah wa salamuhu In Nahj al-Balagha is quoted as saying Whatever is surplus to your needs You are nothing more than a treasurer for it for someone wow. else Subhanallah. It belongs to someone Ooh, else yeah, yeah. Now this is where we go deeper into the definition of charity and redistribution of wealth yeah. When I give a donation to someone Basically, I'm doing them the favor, right? Yeah. Neil's project needs 50 quid. I mm. give 50 quid to it. Mm. That's me doing a favor to that person. Yeah. When I'm a treasurer for someone else, it's not a donation. It belongs to you, Sayyid. Mm. Can you see the difference? Mm. I'm not giving 1,500 quid as a donation. 1,500 quid belongs to you. Mm. That's why I said you're a shareholder in my wealth. Mm. Now, the Islamic term for this is mustahiqin. Mustahiq. Is someone who has a they right over your right, yeah, yeah. Haq, right okay. has a right over your wealth. Mm. Five categories of people in the Quran are mustahiq according to the Quran, according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. You know what those are? Should we try and guess them? You want to guess them? Orphans. No. Parents. Number one, their qurba. Uh-huh. Family members, your near family members are mustahiq over okay. your wealth. So let's say I have 1500 pounds left over at the end of the month. Yeah. The first people who have a right over it is my family members. Why, why, any... why not orphans, Sheikh? I thought there's so many. That's, so that's part of the redistribution, but from uh, zakat, sadaqah, homes, right, right. and so on and so forth. We're talking about your personal wealth here right. and the first people that have rights over it. Mm-hmm. Because orphans, even though they don't have parents or one parent has died mm. they still have family members sure. imagine you're an orphan in my family so mm. you do get my wealth yeah, yeah. Mm. allah doesn't need to make orphans as a separate category yeah. because you're you you're are in a family, family. Yeah. True. 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 So it could be it could be your cousin it could be your uncle but he, you have a right over your uncle's wealth right you understand so the first group of category of people who are mustahakeen are their qurba and then after that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the quran the masakeen those people who are at home, they cannot find work. They cannot go out of their home to find work because for whatever reason, mm. they're too elderly to go out. They're disabled, differently able. They can't go out. Yeah. And then the, uh, those who are uh, travelers. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Those people who are wabnus sabil. Those people who are migrants, economic migrants, those people who are asylum seekers, refugees, they're the third category of people who have a right over that 1500 pounds. Now, as an example, uh, in our Husseiniya in Leeds, Babul Ilm, shout out to Babul Ilm, we have a Christian uh, Romanian migrant community that came to live very close to the Husseiniya. 30 families. They didn't have blankets, they didn't have pillows. 
we raise money for them mm. yeah now do we raise it as donation you no, can do that yeah but actually the fundamental is because they're wabna sabil they've been stuck travelers on their way yeah actually they're mustahiq from my wealth they have a right over my wealth okay third category fourth category of people allah says in surah al-dhariyat those people who are sa'il they ask oh. you for help okay and the fifth category is mahroom those people who are denied help they're blocked from help from others mm. they can't come and say i need help because there's something stopping them let's say right now there's a sister in the community uh, she has a, a husband who is a bully she can't go out to people. She, she, her husband's going to beat her up if she yeah, asks for yeah, help. Yeah, yeah. You need to spot that person yeah. and know that they're in a situation and give to them. They have a right from your wealth. Mm. Five categories. This is redistribution of wealth. Why? They have a right over your wealth. Mm. Neil, tell me, what's that famous hadith? Someone can go into your pocket and take money from you. Yeah. <laughs> Put me on the spot. <laughs> you know where you can a person, a brother. Yeah. A brother is the one who can put his hand into your pocket and take from you. Yeah. Bismillah. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen hundred pound right there. Fifteen hundred pound right there. Put my hand <laughs> in your pocket. There you go. Ten thousand a month. That's what redistribution of wealth is. Yeah. It belongs to me. It belongs to you. You have your portion. I have my portion. Ninety nine one fifty fifty. Whatever the portion is. Yeah. And we can take. From I've, heard that, I've heard that. I've had. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that hadith specific in the time of Imam Zaman. This is what I've heard. At right. the time of the Imam Zaman, time of Imam Zaman, it will be such a situation where you could put your hand in your brother's pocket and they will not feel or care. And we are trying to establish that system for the Imam to come. But is that what I'm trying to say? Is, is that meant to be a timeless thing and it's not? No. Do you see what I mean? If you look at the time of the Prophet, his time was like that. Yeah. If you go back into the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Hashr that the Muhajireen and the Ansar, they used to give to each yeah. other Even though the other was in poverty, mm. even though both of them were in desperate poverty, the other would give and the other would take from them. Yeah. And you Imagine a world like that. That's but that's the beautiful. Islamic model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, again, I'm just being humbly critical here of the wonderful work that's being done out there by our charitable models. We have based our system mm. on charity. And we think that we're supposed to give charity. We are. Mm. But by priority, we're supposed to redistribute wealth. Right. Yeah. I would like our communities, our ulama, our thinkers, our presidents of communities to set up an Islamic model of redistribution of wealth as vigorously or more vigorously than they have the charitable services that they're doing mm. because if you were to redistribute the wealth you wouldn't need charitable services mm -hmm. true mm -hmm. mm. no you know this 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 whole talk about giving whether it's redistribution or through a surplus charity yeah. donation um you've obviously mashallah you've had a journey of a life and you've seen so many things you've you've met so many different types of people as as we're moving forward in the years the focus on not being broke well, mm. the taboo of being broke is mm. uh, is evidently there in pop culture, yeah. in music, yeah. on social media, the, the money-mindedness. You know, I was, what was I listening to yesterday? They based uh, success on money. Hey, Everything yeah, exactly. I was listening to something yesterday. It was crazy. It was something like you could wear a pair of Yeezys and mm. how, how the system would make something 
uh, in demand yeah. or lobsters. I saw this crazy video yesterday about lobster. Lobsters. Lobsters seen as a high-end luxury food. I've seen the same video. Have you seen this video? Yeah. Yeah. Previously, think... it was considered to be as ordinary because workers were given it. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. because it no would way. go stale very quickly. Yeah. Sorry, I'm cutting. No, no, no. Go for it, yeah. Because lobsters was go stale very quickly, it needed to be sent from coastal areas inland. Yeah. It needed to be eaten quickly. Yeah. It was considered as a delicacy yes. and it became an expensive Whoa. item overnight that. it switched as a commodity yeah. because that. it was treated as an it's item like a diamond ring they just came yeah, out yeah. yeah because it was initially it was fed to the to, to workers and yeah. stuff four yeah. or five times a week because yeah. it's high in protein and it's high in supply but because it's short in demand from outside of the country it's treated as a high-end commodity no one actually likes to eat lobster this is the, the theory right but because it's seen as short in supply internationally yeah. you can't fly lobsters in you can't import that kind of thing it's got to be you see for example you go to a high-end restaurant and take out the fish lobsters tank. in the tank yeah, that's yes. right. yeah. so they people them alive ah, said mm. so what happens is whether it's Crazy. shoes or whether it's food or whatever it is mm. the, the the populace right now will think that a commodity is expensive or worthy artificially or, made as said based on on the perception that we're given yep. and what's been given to us so, now a long-winded question what i'm trying to say is are we too money-minded do we are we too superficial we'll look at what the worth is on a menu or online when we're trying to buy something rather than look at the value of it to us in our dunya and our akhla yeah well we're fed all this like you rightly said yeah we're fed on this in terms of media that's yeah. pumped into us our surroundings, our environment, people that we are around us, someone wearing a nice pair of shoes and someone wearing a nice jacket. Um, and that then becomes into the mainstream, you know, the, when we've got our phones, but social media, yeah. you know, these reels, even the title, the word real makes it sound like it's real, like it's yeah, really yeah. happening. <laughs> this thing that's behind that's me, point. you know, so Illuminati. turn this off <laughs> the, not the actual the after Maghrib logo is amazing but what is being displayed on the tell lie vision it tells lies wow. for your vision it's feeding you there's people that have been watching these soap operas for 40 50 years looking at their dreary lives on the screen and comparing that to themselves it plays something in the mind Neil's mm. dropping bars, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't, I won't spit a rhyme. No. <laughs> you know what's really nice. funny about I'll all this stuff, it. about the artificial nature of it? We're actually giving to people who are truly, truly despicable. Yeah. Mm. Right? I'll just give you an example. Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. He famously said that if I'd known black people were going to wear my clothes, my brand, I wouldn't have sold it exactly. to them. I wouldn't wow. have made exactly. it for them. But people... And black people were going with... I don't believe there's such a thing as black and white people. We're mm. all... <clears throat> just shades of skin tone but Same race. The, the, the point i make is that when you have these sorts of people and we're going out and buying these labels yeah. and the versace brand as an example yeah a person who is flagrantly homosexual and mm -hmm. corrupt mm. we, we're going after these products that as you said with the yeezys or lobsters the whole thing has been created by a brand yeah. advertised to us in such a way that is emotionally enticing yeah and we imagine that we need these things. I'm not saying that we don't have nice things, good quality things. Buy things, but buy it for yourself. There you go. Not because you're 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 chasing yeah. chasing the you know what, what these guys are selling. Like there's, there's some things I genuinely can't get my head around. Like every few months, a new pair of Air Jordans will come out, mm -hmm. or like a new iPhone, iPhone 14 Pro, 14 Pro Plus, 14. This, 
Baba, I don't understand. Like, yeah. what's the yeah. and, and to upgrade us, every twelve months? Sorry, push to you. They advertise. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> do we do we really need these things? No, we don't. Will my life improve? No. Is it worth me spending eight hundred pounds or dollars there on a new go. phone? Everything. These are the questions phone. that you need to ask yourself. Yeah. What's the need? You know, so if you've got rich, you rich three, four also. pairs of trainers in your in your closet, if you've got a a wardrobe full of clothes, do you really need another item of clothes? Mm. Mm. What's and the this is the point. The Anything right. above your needs, which is surplus, surplus yeah. is not supposed to be a donation. Sand. Where, oh, I have £1,500 in my account. £50 goes tonight in Shah Ramadan's donation appeal. Mm. If it's above your need, it belongs to someone else. It's, it's not Sheikh, yours anymore. Sheikh, that's, you know, because someone might turn around and they might put themselves in a position where they think, I, at the moment, have, for example, $2,000 or pounds surplus a month. Well, that's how Therefore, you to them, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry. <laughs> Therefore, I, I can afford... A month, that's why. <laughs> I can afford, <laughs> for example, to have a higher, higher end this or that. Let's say a, a, a better car. Yeah, so my monthly expenses are higher, so to the point where their monthly surplus is minimized. Mm. So, what I deem to be an expense mm. is only an expense because, in the initial place, I bought a luxury item yeah. which has a high maintenance fee. Ah, Do you see what I mean? So, it's, it's a snowball effect. It's a snowball Not effect. only have you yeah. spent more of the surplus, which wasn't yours in the first place, you're now spending more to maintain it. Yeah, everything's higher. The 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 the, the tires are more Car expensive. Insurance, yeah. the, the insurance yeah. is like choosing a home or choosing a mansion. Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly yeah. That. Yeah. If you don't yeah. need three rooms in your house, don't buy six a, a six-bedroom house. It's <laughs> yeah. really simple. If you've got this amount of food, f eat to your need. Yeah. Don't eat so much that you're greedy that next man can't eat. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not difficult. Yeah. If you increase your living, if your living increases, increase Good. your giving. Yeah. Oof. I like that. Oof. To the same, to line, the same right? amount. True. Yeah. Yeah. Increase your giving. The more you have, the more you can give. Mm. So work hard. And the more you give, the more you can have. I'm trying to write with you. Oh, <laughs> We've got poets everywhere, mashallah. But it does go yeah. back to your point earlier in terms of the need. We've got to really think about the need and what we're buying into. There was a time 10 years ago that everybody was wearing Averex jackets. Yeah, yeah. But nobody knew the meaning behind why it became mm. so popular. So in the hip hop Hardy, culture. All of that stuff yeah, back but in the why day. were they doing it? Why were they doing it? So Averex jackets had a very big, deep inside pocket, if you ever had one. And it was done by uh, American culture, by gangs, because they used to hide their, their pistols Straps. in there. Yeah. yeah? Mm. We see the youth now walking around with their trousers halfway down their, 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 their buttocks hanging out, right? Yeah. Why do they do that? Why do they buy into that culture? Because it becomes the thing to do. It's popular. But right they don't now. realize where that comes from, prison culture. Even like the spudding. I'm not going to share where it What's spudding? No, I'm not going to mention all the Well, podcast. I mean spudding as well. Why do we do that? Mm. You know, listen, think before you act. Think twice and then act once. Do some research into why you are buying into brands, why you are buying into culture, and is it beneficial to you? Uh, Do your knowledge. Okay, so look, I mean, in the last portion of the discussion, I think it'd be nice to focus on now and the urgency of giving now mm. or, or, or rethinking at the bare minimum, reshaping our mentality for, for this coming few weeks left that we have in Shah Ramadan. Yeah. So, uh, Sayyid, I'm, I'm, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll put you on the spot. You know, I like, you know, yeah, I know you top. like when I do that. Why, why we got to do this now? And how does that link to my spirituality? Because I'm trying to just do my fast, pray my salah on time, have my iftar, and then start my next day. My well, mind is blank. Why does, really? Yeah, yeah. How you does, put me on the spot, it's really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but surely there's, there's a link between the two. Because it's Ramadan, you mean? Yeah. I, I mean, when, if, if there is someone out there, yeah. you're talking about the, the here and now, eh. it's just, 
forget Ramadan اصلا let's 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 step outside the month of Ramadan mm-hmm. let's appreciate we are in Ramadan and there's more reward in it but whenever wherever we are at any stage in our life whatever month whatever day of the week if we see someone that needs something we need to give mm-hmm. ultimately forget rewards forget islam forget jannah as a human being mm-hmm. although we have to keep those in mind as a human being we should give to the here and now ultimately because imagine you are in that position and i was doing a live show with uh, neil nasr last year for the hope appeal i remember you. and you mentioned a point that i remember today uh, during a different recording i'm not going to go into that <laughs> but i mentioned on there and we were talking about food mm-hmm. we can you know fast during this holy month and mentally you know we're going to be comfortable at home there's going to be a star on the table mm-hmm. but there are those fasting without a star mm-hmm. yeah. True. So if we ask ourselves these questions or if we ponder and reflect on the reality of the world, mm-hmm. first of all, we'll understand why charity is important and it links back, back to the beautiful point that you've, you've put across, Shekhna, which is the redistribution of wealth. If I can have iftar comfortably as a Muslim, there's another Muslim out there who yeah. doesn't have iftar after his fast. Definitely. Something is wrong in society. Yeah. Something Sometimes those Muslims are actually in our own community. Mm. You're sitting next to the middle, Husseiniyah. Mm. And because they, they have not got a voice, mm. you would never know. Mm. Oh, they're shy. They, they're shy. They don't want to come. Exactly. But they don't have iftar either. Yeah. 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 And they will come That's to the true. mosque That's just true. to eat. Yeah. They will come to the mosque. Sometimes in our in our masjids, we go there and we're feeding people that already have food. We live in this in this like age of expectation. Yeah. Where people are offended if you don't invite them over for iftar mm. or if you don't volunteer to pay at a restaurant and you don't take people out and do you see what I mean? But at the end of the day, we have to understand that we are living in a cost of living crisis yeah. Yeah. and people aren't always prepared to put three figures on the table for each meal and stuff like that. When you go out, it's not always capable for a lot of people. Mm, and, and sometimes we have to be conscious of that and we have to we have to adapt in the situation. Yeah. The expectations um, are as artificial as the brands that we're buying into. Yeah. True. Because it's it's orfi. So mm. you know, some cultures are known for their generosity, where it's like everybody fights to be able to yeah. pay the bill, yeah, yeah. and you know, the one who doesn't is kind of an embarrassment for yeah, them. Yeah. But Shah Ramadan, you know, it's supposed to teach you that there are people who are struggling out there. You, you don't see their anything but their face, but you don't know what's happening inside, inside their bodies. Yeah. And you are supposed to experience for those 12 hours of the fast, the 14 hours of the fast, whatever, what they're genuinely going through every day. Mm-hmm. And if you can't change your behavior mm-hmm. after genuinely feeling what another person is going through, I don't know what else is going to change your behavior. True. If you're still acting the same, at the end of your hunger, mm-hmm. knowing that you've got comfort when you know this person next to you is going to continue to go hungry again tonight, there's nothing's going to shake you out of that. Mm-hmm. You, you've missed the point of fasting. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. You know, knowing we were going to discuss this on the on the podcast today, I, I wasn't sure when I can ask this question, or it may, it may come out a bit rude, but seeming that uh, you're a scholar, Not and and we are we learn from you, and inshallah, everyone listening is a source source of ilm to us. Mm-hmm. Why are the people of Ilm not teaching us this? Why is it my first time hearing this from Sheikh Jafar Ladakh? From my entire 30 odd years I've been on this earth, no one's ever taught me or told me the concept of distribution of wealth, only charity. Why are we hearing it just now? Are they hiding it from us? They only focus on khums. They talk to us about khums and charity, okay. but not this. Not even zakat, sometimes they don't touch on zakat. Mm. I'll be very honest. Hmm. Um, okay, I believe humbly 
we have fallen into what I term as the donor agency led charitable model of services. Right. Donor agency led services. What I mean by that is that the donors, may Allah bless these wonderful, generous donors, mm. they have to be appealed to. And so you need to put something on the screen that makes them want to give. Mm -hmm. What do you do? You have to show them a picture of a Yatima. She has one shoe. She's living in poverty. You have to make the image and the sound in the background of the advert appealing emotionally such that the donor wants to give. And the agency is trying to raise the money. So it has to be able to present the case of the Yatima in order to make the donor want to be able to pay that £10 a month subscription to help her. So the charitable services are being led by the emotional needs of the donor and the emotional manipulation of the agency. Okay. This is in international development theory called okay. donor agency led charitable services. Everybody with me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Muslim and Shi'i charitable services mimics this problem. Mm. And so what happens is it prejudices, it puts this method at the forefront of trying to raise money. When you go to a, a gala dinner, they'll show you the video. It's three minutes long. They're showing you how they've given the money to this family and it, they're happy. And before this, Islam has a different model of economic theory, which is rooted in liberating, liberating people from sin, liberating people from shirk, liberating people from poverty. And that informs, that part of the economy informs mm. the way in which we're supposed to redistribute wealth, which informs the charitable services. To answer your question very succinctly, yeah. we have focused on the last point of the Islamic economic system, right. just on charity mm. and only on three or four popular types of charity, yeah. orphans, widows, yeah. education, building mosques, mm. nothing else. Even though the Quran has 20 avenues of charitable services, we have focused on four and we focus on a donor aid agency led model because these are the four that we can emotionally relate because to. we emotionally relate to them but yeah. not because that's what the quran tells us mm. right so what we need to do and i'll be completely frank we need to rip apart the system rip it apart i'm not saying that we stop the good work i'm saying you rip the system apart the aid agencies need to come together the ulama need to come they need to study the 20 different charitable avenues and instead of 10 Shi'i aid agencies all focusing on Yatim, on Aitam, or Aramil, let three of them focus on it. Mm. Let others focus on two of the other 20 mm. aid avenues that the Quran talks about. Let others focus until all 20 are covered. Mm. And how is that funded? Not by donations charity by redistribution we got there my next look inshallah which will be 
out at the end of the year, we'll have the details. It'll be focused on this topic. Inshallah. Thank you very much, as always, for your time. It's an absolute pleasure to have you, not just the first time, but now, alhamdulillah, on the second occasion, we're learning from you. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you more tawfiq and to continue your service, the wisdom you share with us, and the worldwide community. And long may continue. And to all the viewers as well. Absolutely. And Haji Neil as well for your hard work. We know you've been working hard the last few days with the Hope Appeal. And inshallah, the, the continue, you know, coming days, inshallah, you're going to continue this hard work and, and also the, all the other activities you're doing. I see behind the work, behind the scenes the sort of stuff you're doing and I don't know how you do it. Mashallah. So keep it up. Thank you. And um, say it as always. Thank you as well. I don't thank you enough. You know? <laughs> I think we've got a moment here. Like Allah Allah we've got a moment. Yeah, it's yeah, lovely. Yeah. Uh, God bless you all. And brothers and sisters, this has been an amazing discussion. Alhamdulillah. We've, as you guys know, the theme of this conversation <laughs> of our Shahr Ramadan is two things, spirituality and community and tying the two together. From the beginning of the month and even before the month, we mentioned that we want to focus on these two things. Last week, we talked a lot about spirituality. Alhamdulillah, today we're talking about community, community development. We're going to continue this theme as every podcast comes. And inshallah, we have a, a future podcast planned going in more depth towards the charity, the world of charity. So we're going to understand the inside, behind the scenes, what actually happens with charities and focusing also on the international angle of it as well. So keep tuning in. There's a lot coming and not just on, on the serious stuff. There's also some lighthearted stuff, some banter and some fun. I, I know you guys love it as well. So hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the notification bell. And if you're listening on Apple or on Spotify, Give us a follow as well and leave us a review. Keeps us going. Said, anything to add before we wrap up? No, just may Allah accept everyone's fasts. Keep and us in your du'as, especially the Sheikh, for giving us this 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 uh, understanding of redistribution of wealth. And my amazing co-host, back to, the, back to our moment, yeah. and Brother Neil, but more importantly, Thank not myself, said. everyone out there who needs Definitely. food, anyone out there who needs a roof over their head, wherever they are on the world, be as generous as you can, inshallah. May Allah bless you and reward you for your charity this holy month. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.